It is the fourth and final hour of First Up for this Thursday morning. Aaron Karolnik and Carlo Koliakovo with you. We'll open up the phones for Wake Up Woodbridge in just a moment. The lines are jammed, and usually that's a sign that <laughs> our listeners are a little discontented with the performance of their favorite team. And last night, I think that's a fair assessment of what happened in Edmonton. The Leafs lose 5-2. McDavid puts on a show, and the Maple Leafs' best players... We're a no-show, but you know who always shows up? Our callers on Wake Up Woodbridge. Chrissy, let's do it. Time to make the call. Now, what's this number? Who making this call? I don't know what's this number. What is this number? Wake Up Woodbridge. Buongiorno. Wake Up Woodbridge. That's right. So wake me up when he's we begin this morning with Daryl in Whitby. Daryl? How you feeling? What's going on? Uh, well, guys, there's a hidden message already sent. I mean, the deadline's not here yet, but clearly when you go out and get O'Reilly, Achari, Lafferty, you bring in McCabe, that, that's a thing now silently from Dubis saying to the top six, okay, guys, you got your ammunition. Now it's on you guys to go out and do your thing. And they just did not show up last night. Like, it's a complete joke. Again, you're getting Taveras in the media saying, oh, we failed to show up. Well, that's not an excuse. That's on you guys if you want to show up or not. Well said, Daryl. Well said. Absolutely go, right, go ahead, Darryl. Coco. No, I was going to say, you're absolutely right. I mean, do we really want to highlight one game um, and, you know, be critical about this group? I think, you know, look, uh, there, there's there's no sugarcoating it. Everybody that watched that game last night knew that this Maple Police team didn't show up. But are we really going to overreact? To, to one game, I mean, clearly I think where we need to let, where we need to truly evaluate this team is the way they respond tonight. You're right, that, yeah, but that's... hold on. As, as far as overreacting, I mean, I think it's appropriate to have a reaction based on a performance like last night, especially considering all the all the moves the Leafs have made, the debuts. I of agree. McCain Everybody says it was unacceptable. It, it, it was a terrible performance, basically from top to bottom for the Maple Leafs. They got they got caved in by a team in Edmonton that has looked way hungrier, way more competitive and aggressive than the Toronto Maple Leafs did. That's a straight up fact. But again, this could all be quickly thrown into the into the garbage if, if they come out and, and lay a beating on Calgary tonight, which wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. But, yeah, I think it's appropriate to be pissed off with the way that the Leafs no-showed, especially considering they just had three days off. They're going to Springsteen concerts and hanging out in Seattle, and you come out after all that time off and play like you did last night? No, no, that's not acceptable, and I think a angry reaction is appropriate. That being said, I don't think anyone's coming out and saying, well, clearly this team can't compete with Tampa. I mean, if you have that take, you're just dumb, frankly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think they're going to be fine. I think they were terrible last night. But at the same time, we've seen that this is a team that has a pension for responding in a big way. And that's what I think everybody's looking forward to tonight in Calgary, seeing if they'll be able to do it. Zach in Brantford, go ahead. Yeah, good morning, guys. Good morning, buddy. Just wondering uh, your thoughts on who you think the the best Canadian team is to win the cup this year. Hmm, interesting question, Zach. Wow, I like this Zach. one. I like was this he still one. on the line? Hold on, is Zach? Is you still on the line? No. Okay, I was going to ask him who who he thought was the best Canadian team uh, to win. Um, look, obviously, you know we 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 do a show in the Toronto market, and we want nothing more than this Toronto team to have playoff success. But I think. I'm going to go back to my preseason prediction, which 
we both share it on our Dup and Chase head. I'm going to say it's the Edmonton Oilers. I and agree. solely on the fact that if you watched last night's game, you saw a man in Connor McDavid who is a man possessed. And he is so driven and determined to take this team to the next level. You know, what's the next level? They got to the conference finals last year. I, I think you just look at the path of the Western Conference, too. You know, compared to what the, the, the Leafs are going to have to go through, I'm going to say it's the Edmonton Oilers. That's the real answer. I think the Leafs have a better team than Edmonton. I, I do. I think the Leafs are yeah, a better I team think that's top fair. to bottom than Edmonton is. But at the same time, the Leafs in the first two rounds may have to go through Tampa and Boston. Edmonton might have to go through L.A. and Seattle, L.A. and Vegas, something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. like that's obviously way easier. So if you're talking about the best chance to win the Stanley Cup, not the best team, but the best, the best chance, I think it's Edmonton. I think you even make a, pr- a decent argument that it's Winnipeg, Winnipeg or Calgary. Yeah. I had at Toronto, simply because of the path in the Eastern Conference, how challenging it is. Let's get to Chris in Newmarket. You are on Wake Up Woodbridge. Gentlemen, good morning. How's it going? Chris. Awesome. You? Nice. Good stuff. Listen, I'm going to make it pretty quick, but um, I'm typically not one to worry after performances like this. Like you said, Carlo, I'm going to wait to see what they do tonight. But uh, my question for you guys is, like, what's going on with Austin Matthews? I mean, I'm typically, like I said, I don't panic, but, I mean, I've given this guy enough time this season. He's obviously having a weird one, but when you see the dominance of, of McDavid last night versus our superstar of Matthews, like that's where I kind of get concerned now. So what do you guys think is going on? And have a great day. Chris, that's a legitimate question. I think that's the $11.625 million question <laughs> that uh, a lot of Lee fans are probably asking too. Look, it, it would be we would be fools to sit here and speculate that he's dealing with something and he's not healthy. To me... If a guy is strapping on the skates, he's healthy enough to play. He should be finding uh, a way to be more impactful in the game. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with Austin Matthews. Is it the other teams paying more attention to him? I, I don't want to sit here and make excuses for the guy because last year he put himself on a level that was comparable to Connor McDavid, and he has not played anywhere close to that level. But if there's one thing that I'll continue to give Austin Matthews a lot of credit for is this is a guy who's bought into playing a full 200-foot game, Um, and that's not something you can say about other players that he's against. Is he concentrating more on defense? Is he one of those guys that wants more help around him? Look, they don't pay him to be that guy. They pay him to be a guy that that carries his team, And, and right now I think he can be better than what he's playing. I am very curious, and this is kind of the elephant in the room here with Matthews and the pending pending contract negotiations on July 1st, and there's a lot of runway here for Matthews to go on a tear, have a big finish to the season, maybe help carry the Leafs into the conference final or the Stanley Cup, but let's just say, like, you know, he finishes with, like, 36 goals, and let's say they lose in the first round, he's not overly impressive. How much that could affect the contract that he's looking for and being offered by the Leafs, I'd be curious. Is he still a $15 million player coming off a season like that? I I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I, mm. I, mean, I hope we don't find out. I hope the answer is yes, because if Austin Matthews is making $15 million a year on July 1st on his contract extension, that probably means the Maple Leafs have done something right and they've gone deep into the playoffs. But 
as far as the question posed by the caller, I mean, it's one of the most confusing situations. Like, Austin Matthews hasn't hasn't forgotten how to score goals. He's still on a very reasonable pace. He's on pace for, what, 40 goals or so? Maybe a little bit less? But it's just, uh, it's one of those things where he saw last year, the guy was literally unstoppable. Unstoppable. And for whatever reason this year, it just hasn't worked out. Maybe it's one of those years. Ovechkin's had years like that too, right? Where I think he scored 36 one year. Everyone was like, oh, is Ovechkin done? And then next year he scored 55 and everything was all right in the world. But yeah, I mean, it is curious. I think everyone's, everyone's kind of a little bit confused as to what's going on with Matthews and his goal scoring or lack thereof. And, um, you know, hopefully for the Leafs that he gets it going and figured out very shortly. Richard and Woodbridge, go ahead. Richard? All right, we're going to go to Rob in Woodbridge. Go ahead, Rob. What's going on? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Great. Yeah. Well, you know, the the last guy, I guess, Chris, I mean, that's actually what I was going to talk about uh, was Matthews, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll digress from there. I, and the other thing I wanted to just bring up, it was more of a question. I, You know, I saw again last night, you know, Riley and Hall kind of struggle, although Hall was – laying a bit of the the body uh, last night, but I see what Edmonton did with getting Ekholm. So I'm I'm wondering, Carlo, maybe a question for you. Do you think the Leafs would have been better off targeting a guy like that instead of, you know, getting a, a McCabe and a Shen and just focus on a big body like that? Because let me tell you, he, he looked pretty good last night back there with, uh, with Nurse, and I thought it was a great move by the Oilers to uh, get him. So, you think maybe the Leafs would have been better just to get that big, you know, demon back there? Look, I, like, I'll never, I'll never pass up getting a big force like an Ekholm. I think uh, you'd be foolish to pass on a guy like that. But there's a couple things you have to factor in when the Leafs, when the Maple Leafs made their move for O'Reilly and Achari, uh, that's clearly where their focus was was spent, and then. We saw what it took to get rid of or to, to acquire Ekholm. It was a boatload compared to what the Maple Leafs paid for McCabe and Lafferty. And I think, you know, that's what the Maple Leafs are measuring. Yeah, they would have loved to bring in an Ekholm, but how do you fit in a $6 million salary compared to what they're paying Jake McCabe for the next three seasons, which is $2 million? So, yeah, I, it's it's safe to say anybody would choose Ekholm over McCabe, but just the, the 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 numbers would have never worked, and obviously the cost to acquire him would have never worked for the Maple Leafs because they haven't parted with any of their top draft uh, prospects right now. That's exactly it. Edmonton gave up a lot more to bring in Ekholm than the Leafs did to bring in Jake McCabe, and as you know, you get what you pay for. I mean, it's right. pretty clear that Ekholm's a superior player to Jake McCabe. Not that's not a slight on McCabe. I'm sure Jake McCabe would probably agree with that as well. But it's just a matter of the Leafs have a lot of big contracts. That, Look, uh, it's, that, are, that are occupy a lot of the salary cap space. Let's be honest, AK. The real solution to this Maple Leafs defense, and everybody knows it and everybody needs to admit it, including ourselves, Morgan Riley has to play better. And that's the bottom line. He, you know, They're paying this guy to be their best defenseman. He has to play better. Uh, last night was not a good showing for him. And again, I'm not going to sit here and, and uh, over... Um, you know, evaluate his game, but he needs to play better. He needs to raise his game to another level because that's who he needs to be for this Maple Leafs team. 
you know, offensively, yeah, he's good at, at creating offense, but he needs to put a lot more attention into his defensive game because if he does that, it's like any other player on this team. When they lead by example, other players follow. So to for the Maple Leafs defense to improve, Morgan Riley just has to play at the level that everybody expects him to play at, and that's it. And perhaps maybe Luke Shen could be his partner as early as tonight. It's the Leafs and the Calgary Flames, a game you can hear on TSN 1050 and watch on TSN 4. And if you're watching, you can see our next guest on the broadcast. It's TSN hockey analyst Mike Johnson, and he joins us next. So it's the Leafs and the Flames tonight following the Leafs' 5-2 loss to the Edmonton Oilers. You can hear it on TSN 1050. Watch it on TSN 4. And last night there was some buzz surrounding the Leafs and Tyler Bertuzzi, the pending UFA with the Detroit Red Wings. Well, (laughs) in a very interesting twist, it appears as if a different team is on the verge of acquiring Tyler Bertuzzi. Let's welcome in TSN hockey analyst Mike Johnson. Hello, Michael. What's going on? Don't, like, I mean, the rich get richer. Are you kidding me that the <laughs> Boston Bruins, the Boston Bruins might be acquiring Tyler Bertuzzi? What is going, like, the Orloff deal and the Hathaway deal was already a really strong move to make their team better. Those are good players that would help that team. But to get a Bertuzzi, that's even uh, more surprising. Yeah, I go ahead, AK. I well, I mean, you know, right you know why I think this is such a <laughs> a brilliant move from Boston is because not only are they bringing in Bertuzzi, Toronto's not, or you know, Tampa's not, or someone in the Eastern Conference is not, and that's part of the acquisition cost, right? In that one of your main competitors in your conference is not getting the player while you are. So. If this is indeed the case that Bertuzzi is going to the Boston Bruins, and it does sound just stupid saying it because he might be the best guy left out there uh, as far as mm-hmm. the trade center goes. I mean, what a move from the Bruins, a team, as you mentioned it, Orlov, top four D-man, great pickup. Bertuzzi, talk about going all in. You have Bergeron and Krejci maybe on their last legs here, and you've got potentially Bertuzzi and Orlov joining the team as pending unrestricted free agents. I mean... That's a hell of a move from Don Sweeney once again, MJ. That's strong. Very, very strong. I wonder, you know, Taylor Hall's out right now. I'm sorry I'm thinking about how they're going to afford it. I wonder, is Taylor Hall going to be out longer term? We saw Nick Foligno limp out of their last game. Is he going to be out longer term? Because if he is, then maybe the, 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 the finances the make works. more sense. Yeah. But um, either way, obviously, Don Sweeney knows how to do it. They're not going to take a good player off their team. They just would not do that right now for, for Tyler Bertuzzi. So, um, man... Uh, and Detroit clearly, you know, deciding that they're retooling. It's not their year with the trade of Kronick and now Bertuzzi. Uh, but Bertuzzi is a good player. I mean, he's obviously a guy that you would want to be on your team in the playoffs, the kind of grit and the physicality and the greasiness. But he's also a pretty talented guy. Not having the best year this year. It's been rather injury plagued, but we've seen him be a productive offensive player as well. So he's probably on the third line if he goes to Boston. Um, you know, it's all said and done. I don't know if you have DeBrusque on the first line. You got Pasternak with all the checkmates. So your third line is Coyle, Bertuzzi, and Taylor Hall. Is that, I mean, and then your fourth line being whatever. It's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, not to mention that, you know, it, it's daunting. It's daunting. But, um, you know, games are not played on paper. Uh, but that is, it's just another crazy strength of competition for everyone who thinks they're going to try to get to the Stanley Cup final out of the East. 
Yeah, and Johnny, just as we were talking, Darren Dreger just confirmed that Tyler Bertuzzi has been informed that he is headed to Boston. So, wow. Wow. There you go. What a trade. Um, and, and so what, what does that do for what is so, – so now, you know, you talk about Boston acquiring Bertuzzi. You know, you saw the Maple Leafs put up a stinker last night. You know, mm-hmm. people still think that, you know, the Maple Leafs still hold, um, you know, maybe a trade in their back pocket. Does this – I, I, I think all of us are pretty happy with the moves that, that the Maple Leafs have made so far, but does a move like this for Boston create a reactionary move here from Kyle Dubas again? I don't think you can operate that way, Carlo. It feels like you want to. feels like, hey, who's out there? Who can we go get to match that next move? But I think you have to, you have, to have your plan, uh, and your plan is not without context. Like You understand what's going on around you, but you have your plan and you try to execute it as best you can. Um, you know, Toronto could do some things. Like Toronto has players that they could trade off their roster. Um, they have that first round pick that they got back uh, in the Sandine trade. So they have things that they could do if they want to. Uh, but I do, I am curious, Carlo, especially your perspective. Like they've got six new players. Mm-hmm. So basically a third of their skaters are new if they all play in a game. Like I know there's 20 games left, that's plenty of time to figure out a system and get chemistry. But uh, that's a lot of that's a lot of turnover, and I don't I don't think it's too much, but it is a lot. And you know, if you make another significant one, now you're talking about seven. You're you're approaching half your roster, not your main half, not your core half, but all the periphery pieces. And I just, you know, how much is too much? Unless it's going to be a really impactful player, you know, I would be leery of that on some level. But yeah. I don't think they have an immediate response. They'll probably keep being diligent and trying to figure out there's someone out there that that could help them. Um, regardless of what Boston just did. Well, that question you just asked me, I think there's if there's a team in the league that we could use an example of having success with so much turnover, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, look at the last three or four years. After every season, we're seeing six, seven, eight new players come into this but you know, not at the deadline. Team. No, no, not at the deadline. And, and yeah. again, it, so I referenced this earlier. We, we remember we've been so critical of the way the Leafs have started their seasons over the last couple seasons because it's been so slow, and then the month of November they turn it on. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the same thing the Maple Leafs are gonna are gonna need to do here. You know, five, ten games. You might see, you know, some slow games like we saw yesterday. But if there's a group that I think that's capable of withstanding this type this type of turnover, it's got to be the Maple Leafs because. They've done it in the past, and, and like you said, it's 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 more of the supporting cast. It's not with your your big guys that you're expecting to carry the load. Yeah, yeah. Listen, there's so many things like you could go one way or the other with it. You know, I, I think I don't want to. If I'm Toronto, if I'm Kyle Dubas, I don't want to see ten games of them getting used to each other and then kind of ramping up as if it's November where they have been lights out good. Timing would work out well, Carlo. I understand that, but I just like you know. I think you want to. Last night's game was not good. That's okay. No. Like there's, yeah. you know, there's lots of times that you have off games. See the response off, tonight. See the response yeah. tonight. The only disappointing part about it is that like there was a real buzz about the team and the changes and the possibilities and it felt like a big moment and the team didn't kind of rise to that moment. That's, and that's fine. We'll see what happens tonight. Going back to back against another pretty good team, a desperate team as well, who's well rested. Um, and we'll see. What happens on the defense? I am fascinated. I don't have the answer. I have thoughts. I got my pairings I put together. The forwards are basically the forwards, right? They have 12 of them. So unless you're going to put Ryan O'Reilly in the third line, you're going to kind of look see what you saw last night. But the defense to me, Carlo, are fascinating. 
um, because there are so many different ways you could try to put their D together. There's so many different options with all the players. Um, apparently Luke Shen is going to be here in Calgary. So we'll see, you know, does he draw right in? I would imagine. I think he's got some like a family, maybe a birth or something happening in, pretty soon. Yeah, His wife is like, do any day like, right on, now. Like tomorrow, I think. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know what's going on with that, but if he's here, you probably want to get him in, but I don't know what Sheldon Keith decides to do with all his defensemen. That to me is, will be the interesting part of the next, you know, week to two weeks. So we've got some breaking news here on the show. According to Darren Dreger, Tyler Bertuzzi, now formerly of the Detroit Red Wings, mm. has been informed mm. he's been traded to <laughs> Boston. And Dreger also tweeting out, MJ, that injuries factored into this. Taylor Hall seeking a second opinion on a lower body issue. So yeah. I suppose the go. possibility of LTIR and then, you know, Taylor Hall, game one. All right, here we go. And you know, that's something the NHL has frowned upon. But, I mean, listen, if the guy's hurt, the guy's hurting. And Mike Johnson, our guest, TSN hockey analyst, the Leafs and the Flames tonight on TSN 4. We open up the phones, MJ, on uh, Wake Up Woodbridge, a segment we do after every Leaf game. And a couple of callers asked the question about Austin Matthews, especially after what we saw from McDavid last night was incredible. A couple of goals. That's five straight multi-goal performances from McDavid. And Matthews has been okay this year. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not what we expected. What do you attribute his lackluster scoring performance to this season it's it's a bit of a it's a conundrum right like it's surprising like I, so there's probably been some injury stuff we saw him miss some games there's probably been some nagging um you know stuff that's been de- that he's been dealing with so that's probably part of it i would imagine the fact that he didn't play with mitch marner for a large chunk of this season probably a couple months right where marner uh, and Nylander has certainly flourished with it. And Marner and Tavares have flourished, but maybe Austin Matthews hasn't quite. That's probably some of it. I think teams defending the power play a little bit different is some of it. I think him just not shooting quite as well, which is a very random thing for me to say, but it's, you know, shot is just not quite as precisely accurate as it has been in years past as some of it. And you lump all that together and you got a guy who's having a 40 goal season, which seems pedestrian by his standards. And that's because the standards he set are as the best goal scorer in the world. Um, still great for just about anyone else, but not great for him. But when I see, like, the biggest concern, like, to me, I can, I can work through the, the injuries and the, the lineup and the shooting percentage and the power play looks and everything else. The biggest concern for me is when I, I don't see him kind of separating to create chances with the same volume that he was. Like, Austin's not, like, I don't know, Connor McDavid skater, but he's a very good skater, right? Like, he's powerful, and he gets to the spots he needs to get to, and he gets open in those spots. And this year, it felt, it feels like he's not getting as open. You know what I mean? He's having, having trouble creating that separation for his chances. That, to me, is concerning. I don't know if that's health. I don't know what that is. But that's what it looks like to me. And that, like, even as good as he is, like, he needs a little space to create. And um, that's what I'm looking at. I, I don't know, Carl, if you see that same sort of thing, but that, that is concerning because they need him to be not just good. They need him to be great, as great yeah. as he can be. No, I, I totally agree with you, Johnny. I've, I've, I said the same thing. I, I find it hard to understand what is wrong with, uh, with uh, Matthews here because you know we've seen him dominate so many times last, last year and take games over and basically – 
carry guys into the fight with him, and you're just not seeing that with him. And, and you said, okay, he doesn't play with Mitch Marder, but Nylander's having the same type of season. Exactly. Exactly. You know, like it's just it doesn't make any sense. But look, if this is if this means that he's going to be fresher and more motivated and more determined come playoff time, you'll take that. But it's still it's still a big question mark for sure. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't I I don't think anything that's happening this year will make him fresher or more motivated. Like you know what I mean? Like he his body's going to be what his body's going to be. He's going to be as motivated as humanly possible, whether he had scored 60 or whether he scores 39. Like, you know, he's going to want to be great. He, I think they all understand the moment that they are approaching in the playoffs, the challenge that Tampa will be. Um, yeah, and I'm sure it's something that he's grinding through. The one thing I will give him credit for, and I see it down on the bench. Like, so Austin is not an emotive guy when he plays. Like, when he's frustrated, I'm standing, like, literally right beside him when he comes off the bench. He's two feet away from me and I can feel his energy, but he doesn't express it. He does a great job of not letting his body language radiate frustration, even though, you know, he is. And I like that about him. And I also like the fact that he does not cheat to get his offense, to try to get more offense. Like he has been very diligent defensively, which I think is important message to send to the rest of the team as a leader. Like, yeah, I'm not scoring the way I want and I'm not happy about it. But I'm not cheating. I'm not going with the poke and hope. I am like in the right spots, playing hard defensively, and then trusting that the offense will come. I like that. I mean, I'd rather him do that and score. But if he's not going to score, I'm happy he's not cheating to try to. Our guest is Mike Johnson, TSN Hockey Analyst. You'll be on the call with Gord Miller tonight, MJ, the Leafs and the Flames, 9 o'clock on TSN 4. And I think this Matthews thing, and I guess in turn William Nylander as well, both eligible for contract extensions on July Mm. 1st. Clearly the focus for the Toronto Maple Leafs is the rest of the regular season and winning in the postseason. But when you're talking about contracts of that magnitude on July 1st, clearly that's the least uh, subject of discussion in the Maple Leafs brass right and I do wonder because a guy like David Pasternak is going to sign a massive deal with Boston let's call it mm-hmm. eight years 12 million a year Pasternak okay. might score 57 goals this year have 110 points is he gonna is he gonna sign for 12 million a year and then Matthews is like it's okay I'll, I'll take 15 I'll take 15 like how do you think that all plays out if Matthews has the type of season he's had so far and the Leafs don't go deep in the playoffs on his back um, well, I mean, I, I don't think as great as David Pasternak is. Well, one, I don't think he's getting 12. But anyways, um, I, I don't think anyone, even David Pasternak, would tell you that he's better than Austin Matthews. You know what I mean? Even if he scores way more than him this year. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think Pasternak would make that argument. So whatever Pasternak sets the bar at for most recent big deal, Austin Matthews will have a correct and justifiable case to be paid quite a bit more than David Pasternak. I don't know how this works out. I think, I, think, I think the 15 number has been floating around out there. It's close to the max of the 20%, which is 16. Um, the cap is going to be going up. So if you're going to be signing for eight years, like it probably does make sense to push it now because when the cap's $96 million in five years, like you making 15 won't seem quite as ridiculous, right? So you got to factor that in. Um, I think the more interesting one to me is William Nylanders. I, yeah. I just think, you know, Willie is a guy who – um, he's hard to kind of get to know exactly what he's thinking. He seems like he has, doesn't lack confidence. He's certainly sure of himself. He's not afraid to, I mean, he's already sat out and missed some time negotiating a deal. Um, he's willing to push for what he thinks is right. He comes from a family that is, you know, his dad would encourage him to do that. 
you know, the question is, does William Nylander say, well, now I'm worth 10? Like, that's, that's almost more, more perplexing if you're Toronto. But they'll see because I think so much of the dialogue about all this stuff is going to be dictated, is going to be shaped by what happens in the playoffs. And if they don't win a round, then, you know, it, it, gets totally, it sounds totally different. And the desire to bring everyone back the same way is going to be totally different. And if they do win and do well and win a round or two or three or whatever, um, then, then, then maybe negotiations go differently. I know what's on their mind. Um, I, I mean, I think very clearly Matthews will make quite a, a couple million dollars more than Pasternak, and Neil Anner should make a couple million dollars less than Pasternak. Like, if that's the positive relationship we're looking at, but they'll figure that out, and I don't think they're really even remotely close to, to, to addressing it with the players um, right now. No, and, and nor, nor should they. Also, they're not allowed to. I mean, July 1st is when I'm sure there's some kind of negotiations under the table, Mike, as I'm sure you're well aware. But, I mean, I don't know exactly how it will all play out. But mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's something that I think has to be at least a, a focus so it's, it's, with regards listen, to the Leafs. Every team has like a, a, a one-year plan, a three-year plan, a five-year plan, right? At the very least, if I'm running a team, right? So it's, this, is, this is certainly well thought out and thought through by the Leafs. But I, I do think still – it, it depends on what happens in the playoffs as to which way this might go. For sure. Uh, the return for Tyler Bertuzzi, the Red Wings trading Tyler Bertuzzi to okay. the Boston Bruins for a 2024 first-round pick, which is protected, and a 2025 fourth-rounder. Wow. And that's a deal the Leafs could have made for Bertuzzi. Well, the Leafs no, own I mean, Boston's pick in 2023. Uh, that's, that's exactly it. So I guess just the Leafs A first and a fourth? Decided, you wouldn't do that deal? Wow. Well, what, what do you make well, of that, Mike? Well, I, I, so I think I, you know, that, that seems to be the going rate, whatever protected first and then, you know, some other supplementary pick. But what the Boston Bruins have going for them right now, very, we, we touched cap on, space. I was cap space. Like, I, was, I was speculating on the injury situation, but between Hall and Felino, you know, for the Leafs to do this deal, they'd have to clear out, I don't know if the Kerfoot retaining salary, they, they'd have to trade Kerfoot and Hall. Yeah. Right? And I, and now you can, we can have that conversation, but that's, at least harder to do to get it done, right? Like you got to get it done before you do the Pertuzzi thing. So, um, you know, that's, that makes it a little bit more difficult. Now that's, I don't know if that's tidy work by Don Sweeney because the Polino thing happened, what, two nights ago in Calgary? That would have been Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. So, and Taylor Hall didn't play that game. So, like, you know, they took some medical information that was evolving real time and said, okay, listen, we think we're going to get this. Let's go make another move to – to, in, in case um, those guys can't play, or maybe because those guys can't play right now. So, yeah, um, listen, I love the idea. Carlo, you've been lamenting no trades and how hesitant GMs are. They're tossing 24 first-rounders, 26 second-rounders. It's like the NBA, and it's fantastic. Yep. Like, Isn't it amazing, it. Johnny? Get after yes. it. It's making the game so much man. more interesting for the fans and the league and all of it. So, um, I don't know if the players like it because their transactions can be unsettling, but uh, fans like it. We like it. I just don't know if we'll like it all day tomorrow, but we'll like it so far this week. <laughs> well, James has a special music video that'll keep well, us uh, gonna play it on loop entertained. For four hours? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least a couple of times an hour. Extend the mix. <laughs> yeah, Extend the mix it. for sure. For uh, sure. Mike. Thank you for doing this again. We'll be watching TSN4 tonight. It's the Leafs and the Flames. And my understanding hey. is that you're taking an overnight flight, a Ooh, red, eye red eye, into Toronto uh, after the game. So that's why you're one of the best in the biz, MJ. We appreciate you doing this for us, and we'll see you tomorrow. 
That is correct. And we'll see about how I perform tomorrow before you say I'm the best of anything. Is it a chartered red eye or is it like a commercial red eye? We are not private jetting. Even with Gordon Miller in tow, we couldn't get a private jet. That's hard hard to get. Surprising. That's That's tough. Thanks, Mike. All right, boys. See you, pal. Uh, Mike Johnson, our hockey analyst. Again, the breaking news this morning. Tyler Bertuzzi. A Boston Bruin. <laughs> it's amazing, man. And you Dude, just look at that really return, is. too, because the, look, my, my buddy's Leaf group chat is blowing up right now, saying, why did oh, yeah. Dubas do that? We have Boston's 23rd pick. We couldn't give a first and a third for Bertuzzi. be perfect over Kerfoot. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, what do you want me to say? Maybe Dubas didn't, didn't see that as a potential. They could have, they could have traded Kerfoot and their pick for, and the fourth round or whatever for. Yeah. But, again, keep in mind, Detroit probably doesn't want to take back Alex Kerfoot's contract, right? Probably not. Definitely not. Boston didn't get – it's the same situation as Chikrin with Ottawa and Arizona. It's like, yeah, Arizona didn't want to bring anything back. I'm sure Detroit doesn't want to bring back $3.5 million in Alex Kerfoot, right? Right, and you got to think that Boston knows the extent of the injuries to one of those two players to to make this deal without – I mean, there hasn't been a report yet of any salary retention in this deal – but if they are acquiring a, a Bertuzzi's full contract, they have to know that either one of Hall or, or Ferlino are going on LTIR. Yeah, and right, probably for the, the for the rest of the regular season. Rest yeah. of the regular season. So you have another one of those Kucherov, Riley Nash type situations from all those years. And I hope the league <laughs> is monitoring that one. Oh, Gary's on the phone right now. What are you doing over there in Boston? How are you getting Bertuzzi? Yeah. I don't know. They'll figure it out. Well, we will figure things out. We'll recalibrate. We'll take a quick break. and We'll be back with the latest on the Bertuzzi trade to Boston and what it means for Toronto. As first up rolls on, Hour 4, TSN 1050. So it's trade deadline eve as the NHL readies for the 3 p.m. deadline tomorrow. So do we here at TSN. We'll have all-day coverage on TSN 1050, of course, all across the network on TSN 4 starting at 8 a.m. And a big deal going down about 20 minutes ago between the Red Wings and the Boston Bruins. Tyler Bertuzzi acquired by Boston. Sounds like... Either Taylor Hall or Nick Felino might have some longer-term injuries, which makes the Bertuzzi salary cap situation work in that they put one of Hall or Felino on LTIR, and then they could fit Bertuzzi's contract in. And there are people, Coco, including you and I, just discussing how why, or why the Toronto Maple Leafs didn't make a move. Clearly, the salary cap machinations are part of it. But a good point from a texter, 10-50-50, the Bruins pick is more valuable Next year, which is the first-round pick they gave up to Detroit, the 2024 pick, it's more valuable next year than it is this year because, who knows, Bergeron, Krejci, Orlov. That's a fair point. That's a I fair mean, point. Boston, in theory, could be a good team, not a great team next A non-playoff year. team. A non- who knows? I mean, you know, Bergeron and Krejci are like, all right, we're done. Then yeah, pass yeah, I mean, Boston, UFA. Exactly. So I think that yeah. is a really astute point by a listener. And, yeah, I mean, their traffic this year, which actually the Maple Leafs hold, via the Washington Capitals in the Sandine trade. I mean it's a it's a first round pick. It has some value, but it's as 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 as, as it holds as le- as least value as any first round pick could possibly hold, considering how great the 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 Bruins are, right? Yeah, no, and according to friend of the show Andy Strickland, uh, he tweeted that Edmonton, Dallas, Vegas and Carolina were other teams that were kicking tires on Tyler Bertuzzi. 
The Bruins are a team that aren't necessarily looking as Bertuzzi as just a rental that will revisit it after the season. So, look, big trade for Boston, and I know there's a lot of Leaf fans probably upset right now, but the message that I keep sending back to Leaf fans is worry about Tampa. Don't worry about what Boston does, because if you don't beat Tampa, nothing matters about what Boston does. Worry about beating Tampa, and then if you face Boston in the second round because you're there, you worry about that then. Exactly. Right? No, that, that's, that's exactly. You can't be worried about countering Boston's moves because there's no guarantees you play Boston. Boston exactly. could lose in the first round. It's happened before, and the Leafs right. could lose as well. they got to worry and about if, Tampa first. If they're going to miss both Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno, I mean, like that gives them more cap space to maybe go out and make another move. Who, who knows? <laughs> who, who, and who knows? And to be honest with you, AK, who cares? At the end of the day, the Leafs need to focus on themselves because if they don't get themselves straightened out, it doesn't matter who they play. Spot on. And the way they performed last night, I mean, not acceptable. You hope for a big performance tonight, a game you can hear on TSN 1050. A number of texters writing in, what would it cost for the Leafs to acquire Tom Wilson from the Washington Ooh. Capitals? Now, we're both huge fans of Tom Wilson, both on and off the ice. Awesome guy. Awesome player. Scored twice last night, including the OT winner. He's got a year left on his deal. He also has a no-trade clause, a modified no-trade clause. I don't know if he'd be willing to come to Toronto, but I can guarantee you this. Washington's not giving away Tom Wilson for anything short of a king's ransom. That guy is a stud. He is a proven playoff performer, and if I'm the Capitals, he is one guy I'm holding on to for the long term. And I suppose you could come up with an offer for him. I don't know what that would be, but I guarantee you, you know, Washington's like, oh, sure, you want Tom Wilson? We'll take Matthew Nyes. We'll take first-round picks. That's where yeah. it's starting. So unless you're willing to part with that, then there's really no conversation to be had. And, and I know, like, you know, Washington, they sold off Lars Eller yesterday too, right, as a piece. I, I know Washington's probably saying, okay, you know, we're willing and listening to basically everybody. But Tom Wilson is a player you just don't you know, you just don't trade for the sake of trading. Like, you, you trade that guy, and now you're spending the next decade trying to find him. So, you know, if they're looking for a quick retool, not a full rebuild, because you got Alexander Ovechkin on your roster, like, you're not looking to go full scorched earth. Like, this, you want this guy to stay on your team, and he obviously wants to win and be a playoff team because you want him to break the record as the Washington Capitals. You're not selling off all these important pieces around him. And I think... Eller became expendable because they signed Dylan Strom to that uh, that, that five year deal a couple uh, about a month ago. Dmitry Orlov clearly they weren't going to re-sign him, but they replaced him with a younger Rasmus Sandin now. So, I mean, they got Kemper locked up there long term. I don't think Washington's in, like even with the moves that they made. I still think that they still want to try to at least you know push for a playoff spot. But I can't see Tom Wilson being a guy. But then again. We're living in a crazy world in the NHL. It's absolutely awesome with all these trades that we're seeing happen. So I wouldn't expect, I shouldn't be shocked if I see anything happen. No, exactly. And we still believe the Maple Leafs have a move to make, whether it's trading a defenseman, maybe one of Justin Hall or Eric Gustafson. Could be that. Could be something completely out of left field. Because if we've learned anything from Kyle Dubas over the last couple of weeks is to expect the unexpected. You could expect fantastic betting advice from me in my FanDuel best bet. <laughs> 20 fingers rolling his eyes. FanDuel best bets on the other side. I've got some quality plays, and I'll tell you about them next.
Time now for today's best bets brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. We have the Leafs and the Flames tonight on TSN 1050. Have it Nazem Kadri to record a point minus 150. Second half of back-to-back for the Leafs. Joseph Wall in goal, the Leafs' third-string goalie, and Kadri in the Flames should be able to put up a decent number of goals. He gets a point. I'm also on Patrick Kane making his Rangers debut to record an assist at plus 102. Keep in mind, he's playing with the bread man, Artemi Panarin and Vinny Trocek. Vinny, don't call me Chase Trocek. Uh, big night for Patrick Kane <laughs> nice. on Broadway, and I think he records an assist plus 102. And lastly, the Toronto Raptors taking on the Washington Wizards. I like the Raps in this one. I think they keep it going. I think they keep on beating up on inferior or you know similar teams in the Eastern Conference. Washington's not a good team. Toronto is a better team, and I think they get it done tonight, plus two points. Today's best bets brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more and get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Well, we'll see what happens throughout the course of the day here. Coco Tyler Bertuzzi is a Boston Bruin. Traded from Detroit to Boston about half an hour ago. Bruins loading up and sounds like they do have some injuries up front, whether it's Felino or Taylor Hall. We'll see how it all plays out. I'm sure we'll learn more as the day goes on. But they've got, we've got Leafs lunch with Al's brother and Julia. Of course, gameplay with Matthew Cause. Overdrive should be electric tonight as always. And all leads up to tomorrow, man. Big show for us, 6 to 10. And Trade Center, whew, 8 a.m. We'll see what's yeah. left and we'll see what the Leafs get up to. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it just makes you really sort of... Uh highlight how much of a of a of a, of a dogfight getting out of the east is going to be man it's like every team is just heavyweight punch after punch after punch with each trade that they're making don sweeney just basically said hey everybody else hold my beer <laughs> you're next <laughs> well what is don waddell going to do the yeah, gm no of the carolina kidding. hurricanes like buddy like go out and get some players yeah. Like he's got to, he's going to get somebody. I think maybe he gets Max Domi back, or something happens with that. I, I don't know, but I'd be stunned if Carolina JVR, JVR. I don't know what JVR's got left. Slow. Like I, I love yeah. JVR, great guy, but I mean, I don't know if that would be my top priority if I was Carolina, a team that plays with a lot of pace. But I mean, it's going to be interesting, man. Maybe it's JT Miller again. Maybe guy who had ninety nine points last year. Maybe he is the priority. Uh, on that front. So mm-hmm. um, very interesting times. Again, the deadline tomorrow, all-day coverage on TSN 1050 and on TSN. And tonight, the Leafs and the Flames will see what Toronto's got on the second half of a back-to-back following a thumping at the hands of the Edmonton Oilers. Thank you to Christy Avero. Thank you to Chris Horvat, a.k.a. Cheese. I am Karolnik. He is Cole Akavo. Man, tomorrow's going to be fun. You'll be wearing a suit, Coco. Looking forward to seeing oh, you. That's you're right. going to be looking exceptional. Yeah, it's an early one for you. You're, the, yeah. you're there longer than literally everybody else. <laughs> I but am. I can't wait. It's, it's a super fun day to work, and hopefully there's some breaking news throughout the show. So we are out of here. Peace out. Coco, take us away. Peace out, everybody. See you tomorrow. Hopefully we'll see more fireworks today. Ciao.